Hello everyone and welcome to episode 46 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk about self-driving cars. What is a self-driving car? How close are we to having self-driving cars? Should we have self-driving cars? Are they even a good idea? We're going to talk a little bit about some of that stuff in today's episode. Uh, But before we do, just a couple of things I want to let you guys know. The first is that we are approaching the 50th episode of the podcast. We are approaching episode 50, uh, which is quite cool. And so I thought for that episode, because it's a bit of a milestone, uh, it'll be nice to do something a little bit different. And so what I've decided to do for episode 50 is to have like a Q&A episode, uh, questions and answers. So you guys, the listeners of the podcast, can send me questions, messages, different things, and I will answer those questions uh, in in episode 50. And so what I've decided to do is I have left a link in the description for this podcast to a Google form. So just a very simple form on Google. You can click on the link uh, and so you ju- it will just ask you to add your name, your country, where you're from uh, and you know any questions that you want to ask. Um, so of course to be able to do that I need some questions from you guys. I have some questions already from Instagram and from some of my students uh, but I want to make sure I get plenty of questions from you guys that are actually you know listening to the podcast. So yeah for episode 50 I'm going to be doing uh, an Ask Me Anything question and answers Q&A episode. So if you would like to suggest a question, then you just click on the link in the in the description for this podcast and you will get taken to that form on Google. So yeah, please send me some questions for episode 50. It'll be really cool to answer some of your questions. Um, And the last thing, of course, if you would like to download the transcript for this episode, you can do that for free right now on the website. That is www.unlockingbritishenglish.com. So yeah, without any more rambling, let's get into the episode. Some more rambling, but just about a different topic. So yeah, self-driving cars, let's talk about it. First of all, What does a self-driving car actually mean, right? What does it mean for a car to be self-driving? That might sound like a bit of a stupid and obvious question, but actually there's a few different ways that we can look at these things and a few different things that we can uh, class as being self-driving. So to start with, we can have different individual elements of the driving experience be automatic. So for example, um, some cars have automatic speed control. So that might be something like, uh, for example, there are cars currently out on the road that have a sort of sensor to detect how close you are to the car in front of you. So for example, if you're driving on the motorway and you get too close to the car in front of you, Uh, the car will automatically brake, it will automatically start to slow down just very slightly to to maintain a safe distance between you and the car in front of you, as an example. So um, the speed can be automatic, the position of the car, the steering, right, can also be automatic. So there are, again, some cars that have the ability, if you're driving on the motorway, to, to center the car in the middle of the lane. So instead of maybe 
um, slightly, you know, kind of swerving a little bit left to right, maybe not staying in a straight line while you're in one of the lanes on the motorway, the car will automatically keep you in the middle of that lane using some sort of GPS and things like that. Uh, another thing that they can do is just have control over individual tasks. Another example of things that we ha already have are cars that can park themselves. So uh, if you can put it in the right position and line it up, you can, you know, basically just press a button and the car will will reverse in or drive into that parking space, uh, and will do so safely. Uh, and then, of course, you have like total control, right? The car drives itself from start to finish, or it drives you and itself from start to finish. That is what most of us imagine when we think of a self-driving car, right? It's a car that you can just get in, you you know, you you add the uh, address wherever you're going, uh, and then it takes you there, and everything's cool. And so that's what we're kind of going to be thinking about in today's episode, right? These totally self-driving cars, because as I've already mentioned, we already have cars that have some elements uh, of automation, right? Some have speed automation, some have position automation, parking automation, like I said. So we're going to talk about, you know, this idea of self-driving cars that are totally self-driving from beginning to end. Uh, they don't really need your input apart from the direction that they have to go in. So engineers and, and different people have been trying to create self-driving cars for quite a long time, for decades. Um, but we, and even though we are getting closer, we're still not quite there. Um, so let's look at like the basic idea, right? How does this how would this actually work? How do you create a car that drives itself? Um, interestingly, the basic idea behind self-driving cars, in theory at least, is actually quite simple. Uh, what they're doing, these different companies, is literally just covering a car in different cameras that will track all of the different objects around it um, and and have the car react to if it's going to hit one of those things. So you have a car covered in cameras, uh, and the car, the sorry, the cameras track everything that's happening around. They track the environment, the people, uh, and if the car comes too close to one of those objects, then it will try and avoid said object. Um, and so basically, what people are trying to do is, like I say, cover cars in cameras and and take them out onto the road and give them lots of experience basically teaching trying to teach the cars or the computers uh the rules of the road um and so yeah you know people go out and they drive and they have these different fancy computers with all this you know cool artificial intelligence stuff that I don't properly understand uh, connected to all these different cameras and it's just going out and collecting lots and lots of data collecting lots of different information about how things work on the road um, even though that idea sounds simple enough in theory uh, it has proven a lot more difficult than most people thought to actually create fully automated cars or especially automated cars that are safe and effective, right? Um, in 2015, The Guardian, the uh, British newspaper, uh, predicted that there would be over 10 million self-driving cars by the year 2020. Uh, obviously, at the time of recording this, we are in 2021. There are not lots of self-driving cars on the road, certainly not 10 million. Uh, so that hasn't happened. Uh, Tesla, the car company Tesla, by uh, headed by Elon Musk, they actually promised it by 2018. They originally said 
by the year 2018, uh, we're going to have self-driving cars. It's going to be you know, a normal thing. You're going to be able to buy it, and it's going to be cool. It's going to work. Um, obviously, that hasn't happened. So um, now all the tech companies and, and everyone involved in those things are re-evaluating their timelines, their expectations. Um, so what's the actual problem, right? What we talked about the idea, the basic idea, you stick a load of cameras on a car, you go out, you show it all the different roads, you teach it about the different rules of the road, uh, and you know, the more it learns, the better it gets at driving. Um, seems simple enough in theory, so why hasn't that actually worked? Well, as you might have imagined already, following a list of rules of the road isn't actually enough to drive quite as well as people do because there is a large amount of our driving that is is based on our interaction with other humans. So if you're driving a car, of course you're paying attention to the rules of the road. You know the, the theoretical rules, right? You know which side of the road you drive on. You know the uh, who gets right of way at a junction. You know the speed limits, all this different stuff. But you know, if we take the example of you stop at a crossroad and there's another car that's going, um, you know, maybe your country has a rule about who should go first. But in reality, that is judged by us as people, not just by the rules. We make eye contact with the other drivers. We might signal to the other person with our hands, Yo, you go, it's fine, I'll wait. Um, we're interacting with each other on a human level as we're driving. Uh, and of course, a computer program, uh, this you know, these AI programs, they they're going to struggle to understand that and to process that kind of information. Um, and so, the actual reality of driving on the road has proven to be to be very difficult to encode in like strict, hard and fast rules. Right? It's very difficult to say right. These are the fifty rules that every car follows because we have these rules, but we also have the randomness of, of humans, I guess, you know, different things happen because of decisions that we make, um, you know, and uh, is, is, is difficult uh, to for a computer to process all of those things. Um, yeah, and so, well, like, like I say, um, the, 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 the plan at the moment is, you know, taking these cars out and, um, you know, putting cameras on them and just building lots of information. And that is fine to do when you have people driving the cars, when you have, you know, humans driving the cars and the computers just paying attention to what happens and what it sees. Um, but to have these cars actually go out onto the roads uh, and, you know, test things themselves and, and try and make these decisions themselves, because the computers, they need to they need to make decisions and see what the results of those decisions are and then make adjustments to their uh, their conception of the world and, and of the rules. Um, but, you know, that is difficult to do. They need lots of data for that. Um, and a car has to drive, you know, millions of miles through lots of different um, environments and situations to have enough data to be you know, a really robust system that's going to be able to, to do these things safely. 
um, but it's hard to do that on the road. So most of the cars and most of the you know systems that the big companies are used, they're actually largely based on simulation data. So again, another problem that people are having is that um, the reality of driving on the roads in real life with other humans is not like uh, the simulations, irregardless of how detailed we can make these simulations and how many rules we can implement, how many different exceptions to rules we can uh, add to these to these programs, it doesn't matter because there is a random element to the human experience that makes driving uh, for computers a little bit more dangerous. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been more difficult uh, than people have expected. Uh, and of course, another big factor is that all of this is very expensive. We're talking about very fancy equipment, lots of uh, very smart, heavily trained people that need big salaries to do all this research. And it's all very expensive. So, um, you know, 10 years ago, people thought that self-driving cars were right around the corner uh, and maybe they are close but they seem to be taking longer than anyone thought uh, because there's just so many things to account for um, and so obviously we talked a little bit about the problems and you know why haven't we got self-driving cars already people thought we would have them uh, but let's talk a bit about why we actually want them or also why we might not want them um, so I want to talk about a few of the arguments for and against you know the, the reasons that people cite for for saying you know we should be working on self-driving cars and reasons why people think actually you know we shouldn't have self-driving cars this isn't a good idea stop doing this um, so let's start with the arguments for um, I mean, the first argument for having self-driving cars is just kind of freedom in a general sense. Um, freedom in terms of what you can do during the journey, right? You can sleep, you can relax, you can talk, you can work, um, you play games, whatever you want to do. Um, so obviously, you know, having more free time is generally seen as being a good thing. And that's a lot uh, something that a lot of people talk about, you know, having the freedom to do other stuff while you're doing these journeys. Um, a big part of it for for a lot of people is that is the financial element. So um, like I said, the these things cost a lot of money. The research into this costs a lot of money. So there aren't many small people and small companies doing a lot of big work with uh, self-driving cars and stuff like that you know the big players are the big companies uh, the big tech giants and the big uh, car companies and things like that um, and especially companies like Uber, uh, Lyft and these different taxi companies um, they're companies that have have been heavily invested in in this technology because for them this would be a huge boost in their business because they wouldn't have to pay people to drive the taxis right so if you have an uber that drives itself now my profit margin if i'm uber is 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 growing exponentially because the overheads for running those cars are going to be a lot less than uh you know paying for humans and paying salaries and, and insurance and all this different stuff uh that goes along with employing humans so uh for taxi companies and things like that uh, it's a lot cheaper uh for transport and things like that it's a lot cheaper um Another thing that is often quoted as a, as a huge argument for having self-driving cars is that it would be a huge advantage for disabled people and, and people that, for several different reasons, 
can't get their driving license. There are some people that, you know, for, for, different, for having different physical disabilities or different disabilities in general, um, it's not possible for them to learn to drive. And so it's quite difficult for them to get around because they have to use public transport. You know, they have to rely on other people's timetables and things like that. And so if you're one of those people who can't actually get a driving license, having a self-driving car, of course, would be huge because it means now you have the same freedom that a person that has a car now has. You can go where you want, when you want to. You can stop wherever you want, take whichever route you want to take, all that stuff. Um, yeah, you, you, you have access to that because now the car's driving itself and you don't have to worry about that. So that is another argument for... Um, and finally, a lot of people argue that it would be safer, that it would be better for us to have self-driving cars because humans don't pay attention a lot of the time. You know, we we look at our phones, we change the radio, we're looking at other stuff on the road. We're not always giving driving our full attention. Um, you know, some people more than others, but, you know, we cause a lot of problems on the road. We cause a lot of accidents. A lot of people die on the road because of human error. And so a lot of people argue that we should have cars, you know, from a safe, uh, self-driving cars, sorry, from a safety perspective. Um, and so those are some of the main arguments for having self-driving cars. Um, in terms of the arguments against, obviously the first one is, is the opposite of the last I just talked about, is that some people think that actually, no, this isn't going to be safe. It's going to be unsafe. You know, computers can have errors in lots of random ways. Uh, when they go wrong, we can't necessarily correct the errors. You know, if you make a small mistake when you're driving, you can correct that error maybe without causing an accident. Uh, but can we correct errors that computers make? Um, you know, I, I talked earlier about the problem of having self-driving cars driving with humans. I, I think the reality is that to have a successful environment of safe, uh, safe self-driving cars, it would need to be mostly self-driving cars because they can all communicate with each other. They can all follow the same rules. There's a lot less random variation. Um, but you know, that isn't something that looks likely to happen at the moment. So, you know, a lot of people cite self-driving cars as, as being unsafe. Another element is the the potential moral dilemmas, right? Um, people often use the example of if a self-driving car is, if they're, if they're about to hit maybe a child uh, and then they, so they have to veer away, they have to turn away from the child to avoid hitting the child, but that means they're going to hit uh, two adults, um, how does the car make that decision? Does it hit the child and potentially kill the child, or does it hit the two adults and potentially kill the two adults? Um, this is a difficult thing because, you know, humans, different humans will think about this argument differently. Some people will say the child is more important. Other people will say that two lives are more important than one. We're not clear on how we would want these machines to make those decisions. 
And it's not obvious that it would be easy for us to program those things uh, effectively. And so that is another potential problem that a lot of people uh, don't like is, you know, how will it make these different moral decisions if, it's cho if it has to choose between killing uh, different people, if it has to choose between sacrificing the person in the car or outside of the car, how does it make that decision? If the person in the car is going to get hurt, will it prioritize that person over a person outside? Um, yeah, there's lots of different elements like this. Another factor is a lot of people think that it is kind of disempowering. Um, again, I mentioned that realistically, the most effective way to make this safe is to standardize everything, is to have all of the cars being self-driving because they will all work on the same network. It's going to be a lot easier. Um, but that would mean that we can't have a mixture of people driving on the roads and uh computers driving on the roads and you know a lot of people don't like that idea you know a lot of people like driving I like driving it can be quite fun quite relaxing uh, quite enjoyable and so you know a lot of people don't like that idea uh, of just not being allowed to drive on the roads anymore you know I'm sure there would be certain areas maybe that you could drive but generally speaking you know you wouldn't be driving as much and, and not everyone likes that um, again, another thing that I mentioned earlier was, you know, for the taxi companies like Uber and things like that, it's a, a huge win for them financially. But of course, if you work for Uber as a driver, then that is not a plus for you. So another argument against is that self-driving cars, like many other machines and artificial intelligence, will take away a lot of people's jobs. You know, if, if a taxi can drive itself then you don't need the taxi driver and so everyone that drives a taxi now doesn't have a job and that's a lot of people um, that potentially are going to struggle to find other jobs so that's definitely another negative thing um, and finally even if you are a fan of you know the ideas of having self-driving cars on like a personal level it's hard to deny that this technology favors the big tech companies, the big powerful people. Now, you know, you need a huge budget and lots of influence to be able to do anything meaningful with this. Of course, there are, you know, individual people, small companies doing research and things like that. But even once you've done, you know, effective research, you need a lot of money to get the technology. And then you need a lot of influence and power potentially to be able to, um, to to deal with the political elements right because currently there's not much legislation there aren't many laws and rules about different things to do with um car self-driving cars but of course there will have to be more and more as these things become a bigger part of our lives and you know a small little startup from a small little town in the middle of nowhere you know they don't have as much lobbying power with the government as Elon Musk and Tesla do and things like that. So, you know, these this technology does favor the big tech companies, the, the big powerful um, capitalist giants, if you will. And so that's also, you know, often said as a as a, uh, a negative thing. Um, there's also another element that I, I didn't know if I should put it in positive or negative, so we'll, we'll leave it here in, in miscellaneous or uncategorized. Um, experts seem to disagree on whether self-driving cars would change anything about car ownership. So um, some people think that self-driving cars would mean that the average citizen wouldn't actually own a car. If we have self-driving cars, then it would all it would all run on this kind of car share 
um, you know, Uber, Lyft sort of system and different things like that, that people would just call a car to take them somewhere and then that car would go off and take someone else. It would be unnecessary to own a car. Other people disagree and they think that, you know, just because a car drives itself doesn't mean that people aren't going to own them. You know, there's still going to be different brands, different types. Cars are often seen as, you know, a, a status symbol and things like that. And so, um, yeah, some people think that if, if uh, there are sort of um, self-driving cars will mean that less people own cars uh, there's also debate about whether that's a good thing whether less people owning cars would be a positive thing because generally it's thought that if less people own cars and more people are sharing cars and just taking um, car rides to individual places that that would lead to less pollution uh, again it's unclear as to if that's true or not, but well, I guess we'll see in the future. Uh, and so let's finish with my opinion. What do I think? Uh, am I for or against? I, I'm for, I am pro self-driving cars. It's gonna take a while, uh, and I think we need to be very careful with how we do it. Um, I think that safety is of course gonna be the biggest issue, um, but I ultimately think that we will have a moral obligation to cede our power uh, of driving. Uh, we will have a moral obligation. We will we will need to stop driving and allow self-driving cars to take over the bulk of the work in the future um, because a lot of us just don't pay attention. I know that that argument annoys a lot of people because I know a lot of people, you know, they drive perfectly well. They don't really, you know, ever have any accidents. They don't ever really cause any problems. But I think that it's kind of naive um, in today's world to pretend like we as people are really good drivers on the whole. You know, I think if you go out and walk down uh, a main road now, a main street in your town or city, it won't be long before you see someone looking at their phone, um, eating while they're driving, drinking while they're driving, fiddling around with the radio, doing different stuff. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time, maybe some of those little things aren't such a big deal and maybe they don't cause that many problems. But we all know that it's just that split second of a lapse of concentration that causes these big problems. And, you know, of course, it varies country to country, town to town, city to city. But if you look up the statistics for how many people die on our roads every day, it, it's, it's pretty shocking. Uh, lots of people. Uh, are in accidents and uh, lots of people were seriously injured and, and lots of people die uh, on the road because of human error because of avoidable human error uh, and I think that like I say it's not going to happen soon we're not going to I don't think we're going to see you know self-driving cars taking over in the next couple of years it's going to take a while because there's lots of little things to to fix and to to deal with in terms of the safety and we, and of course we have to know that they're they're safe um, but yeah, generally speaking, I think they're going to be a lot safer than, than humans are. Um, and I think another thing to consider just before I finish is that actually automation is a big part of traveling in a lot of other variations, right? It, when, when we fly places, for example, um, the pilots aren't actively driving themselves aren't actively flying the plane themselves the majority of the way right they are dealing mostly with the takeoff and the landing right the beginning and the end the vast majority of the main journey 
is dealt with by computers, by the autopilot, um, by the different systems that communicate with all the different um, towers and other planes and all this different stuff. Uh, and we wouldn't want pilots to be sat at the at the wheel, you know, piloting the plane uh, 12 hours from, from, I don't know, LA to Hong Kong or I don't know, whatever, you know, long journeys especially. That's, that's going to be difficult. You know, we, we already trust computers in a lot of things. I think it's just that it's new with with cars. Um, we're not used to it yet. And so it's just going to take a little bit of time to adjust. But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, that's my that's my thoughts on self-driving cars. So yeah, I think we'll see them in the future, but it's going to take a while. So yeah, that is everything I think I wanted to talk about today. I think we've uh, gone a little bit of a longer episode today, so hopefully you guys have enjoyed it, have you found it interesting. Uh, like I said at the beginning, please send questions for episode 50 for the Q&A episode. Hopefully that's going to be really fun. Uh, as always, if you have thoughts and opinions uh, about the podcast, please let me know. You can send me a message on Instagram, you can email me. All of the contact details are in the description box for this podcast. So thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next one.